0: Holly Martins, an American author who writes pulp western novels, arrives in post-World War II Vienna with a job offer. To his shock, he finds out that his friend, Harry Lyme, the man who offered him the job, has been killed by a car while crossing the street. After meeting Lyme's girlfriend, Anna, he starts to believe that something isn't right about his death. Was it really an accident? Why is no one talking about the third man who was there at the time Harry died? The British Royal Military Police have no interest in investigating his death, as they believe that Lyme was dealing in stolen penicillin on the black market. Martins tries his best to discover the truth about the third man. They're under the goddamn ground. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? They have 500 years of democracy and peace, and what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. Dallas Multipass. You know the You're stupid mimes. Stupid. Stupid. I don't know whether I even want to go out with Jeff again. The high court may well sentence you to torture. Can you play the piano? I can. And sing at the same time. Listen. Well, hello there. Welcome to the second episode of Celluloid Days, my new podcast on film and film history. So, not so long ago, I was at a poker game, and two other people were talking about films. I really wasn't paying attention to their conversation. Suddenly, one turns to me and says, Jeff, what is your favorite film? Without thinking, I blurted out, The Third Man. Now, The Third Man really isn't my favorite film. It's one of my favorites. I could have said a number of films. You see, I don't have one favorite. I have many favorites, and they're all at about the same level. Now, as I talk about films on this show, one thing you'll never hear me use is a rating system, like four or five stars. This movie gets two and a half out of five stars. You see, I don't believe in them. In my opinion, they just don't seem to work. There's a good bit on the last show of Season 6 of Mystery Science Theater 3000 in which Mike and the bots read through film critic Leonard Maltin's book and compares his rating from one movie to another. It's pretty funny, and it proves my point. Now, when I started to put this together, I told myself there wouldn't be any spoilers. I didn't want to ruin the experience for anyone who hasn't seen the film. But then I realized I can't do that. It's impossible to talk about this film without spoiling it. So you are warned. If you haven't seen the film, please, shut this off, go watch it, and then come back, okay? The Third Man was directed by Carol Reed, who was an English film director and producer. He did such films as Odd Man Out, The Fallen Idol, and Oliver. For Oliver, he won the Academy Award for Best Director, For the third man, he won the BAFTA Award for Best British Film and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Director. On a side note, actor Oliver Reed is his nephew. Reed was highly criticized for the way he shot the film, with many unusual camera angles as many thought they were distracting, but I have no problem with that. I love directors who do things different. In general, the film received overwhelming positive reviews and it was a huge hit in Europe. Nowadays, most critics consider it a masterpiece. It was written by Graham Greene, who is regarded by many as one of the leading English novelists of the 20th century. According to Wikipedia, through 67 years of writing, which includes over 25 novels, he explores the conflicting moral and political issues of the modern world. He was awarded the 1968 Shakespeare Prize and the 1981 Jerusalem Prize. So, basically, he's no slouch. Reed and Green had previously worked on the very successful film The Fallen Angel, which was another huge hit the year before. Apparently, he wrote a novella at the same time he wrote the screenplay, but he did so just for working out the atmosphere, characterizations, and mood of the story and never intended it to be published, but eventually he used it for a novelization of the film. According to Wells, Green only wrote a rough draft of a script based on an idea by producer Alexander Korda, and it was Carol Reed who should get the real credit for writing the screenplay. The film stars the remarkable Joseph Cotton. He was one of the original members of Wells' Mercury Theater. He starred in three of Wells' films, Citizen Kane, The Magnificent Ambersons, and Journey into Fear. He was also in such classic films as Shadow of a Doubt, Gaslight, Love Letters, Duel in the Sun, Portrait of Genie, and Niagara. Later in his career, he did things like The Abominable Dr. Fibes, Lady Frankenstein, Baron Blood, and Soylent Green, but you know. I read an interview with him at one point where somebody asked him about those later movies. It's not for the money, he just gets nervous not working. One of his last films was Michael Cimino's infamous Heaven's Gate. His career lasted four decades both on the stage and the screen. I can't say enough good things about Cotton. He's a marvelous, handsome actor who can play light-hearted roles and the most serious roles. I mean, he's so damn likable in Citizen Kane and so damn evil in Shadow of a Doubt. Alida Vallee plays the female lead... Vali was her acting name. Her real name is something I won't attempt to pronounce. Apparently it was David O. Selznick who convinced her to change her name to Vali as he thought it would create the same magic as Garbo. So for the most part, she just went by the last name, Vali. Selznick called her the most beautiful woman in the world after Greta Garbo. She was an Italian actor who was born in 1921 and had a long career that began in 1935 and lasted till 2002 with over 100 films. She also had had an impressive career on the stage. She plays the tragic Czech refugee who was the girlfriend of Harry Lyme. And here's a bit of a spoiler. Her papers might not be in order. And then, of course, there's Orson Welles. And here's the big spoiler. Do not listen to this part if you have not seen the film. Orson turns out to be Harry Lime, who's not dead after all. (laughs) He has one of the best first appearances I've ever seen in a film, over an hour into the movie. I will say that I'm a sucker for Welles. I just love to hear the dude talk. Whenever I come across an old interview on YouTube, I have to watch and he puts on all his charm in The Third Man. He only worked for a week on the film and wrote some of his own dialogue, including the famous cuckoo clock speech. Wells was definitely the right person to play this part because the person had to be an awful, despicable person, but also the type who could charm anybody into liking him. Trevor Howard plays Major Calloway, the head of the British Royal Military Police, who is was doing his best to convince Joseph Cotton to leave and return to America. One other character of note is young Bernard Lee, who plays Sergeant Payne. Lee would go on to play M in the first 11 James Bond films. The film takes place in post-Second World War Vienna, which at the time was divided among the Allies, the Americans, British, French, and Soviets. It was filmed there as well, still looking like a city after the war. In the film, the area is worn torn and and the black market is everywhere. It's dark and grim, the perfect setting for a film such as this. Like I said, the main plot of the film is Holly Martins trying to figure out the truth about what happened to his friend. But the truth might be worse than anything he ever expected. He goes around interviewing those who were with Harry when he was killed, some reluctant to talk and one ends up dead. The end of the film takes place in the sewers of Vienna, and every frame of this part of the film could be hung on a wall. It just looks and feels so perfect. You have the light glistening off the bricks, the water, footsteps, Dutch angles, gunshots and such. And here's a bit of trivia that I hope doesn't ruin the film for you. If you see Harry Lyme but don't see his face, it's probably not Wells. Wells had a limited time to work on the film, and a lot of doubles were used, especially in the sewer. A lot of people make a big deal about that, but I think that's true with most Hollywood movies. If you can't see a star's face, it's probably not the star. It's the actor's double. Now, in the end of the original script, Valley and Cotton get together. But it was changed during filming to a far more, and I think better, ending. It ends with one of the most fantastic shots ever in film history. It lasts over a minute long and it's amazing. And all the credit for the end of the film has to go to Carol Reed, because it took a lot of guts to end this film the way he did. The film is considered a film noir, but I'm not so sure about that. But I guess the term noir fits a wide range of films. I guess as long as they're dark, in black and white, made in the 40s or 50s, and deal with the underworld of crime, it's considered a film noir. But when I think of that style of film, I think of something like Edgar G. Almer's Detour, a film in which there are no good guys or gals. My favorite scene of the film, and it's probably most people's favorite, is the famous Swiss cuckoo clock speech given by Wells. Well, what the fella said. In Italy, for 30 years under the Borgias, they had warfare, terror, murder, and bloodshed, but they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love. They had 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. So long, Holly. Screenwriter Graham Greene wrote about how the speech happened. He said they realized, for the timing of the scene, they needed another sentence. So they asked Wells, and he came up with a line from an old Hungarian play. And that's why, before he starts, he begins with, You know what the fellow said? Wells said of this in a 1993 interview, When the picture came out, the Swiss nicely pointed out to me that they've never made any cuckoo clocks. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people pointed this out as perhaps a flaw in the film. But the thing is, the line wasn't supposed to be taken at face value. And it's certainly not meant as a history lesson. Wells' character is a criminal who's trying to justify to his friends his actions. Now, I think this is a superb film, but I wonder, does everybody? On Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a 93% audience score, which is very good. A fellow named Adam Kay gave it 5 out of 5 stars, and he wrote... I'll admit it, I expected to be bored, but I was far from it. It's a riveting story filled with twists and turns and great music and brilliant performances. It's undoubtedly become one of my favorite movies. And most people who reviewed it gave it four out of five stars and had great things to say about it. But Jim B. gave it only one star, and he wrote... What a disappointment! All this raving about how great this movie is, what a masterpiece it is, etc. makes no sense to me. This movie almost put me to sleep. The music doesn't help, but the first two thirds or so are mostly pretty boring. There is really nothing worth watching badly dated mysteries for. Awful, overrated garbage. And it had Joseph Cotton and Orson Welles in it too! What a waste of talent! Why the hell is this worthless piece of trash praised? Those are pretty harsh words there, Jim. Overrated garbage, really? Sorry, there were no explosions or car chases, but you know. And by the way, I read that exactly as you wrote it. But anyway, you're entitled to your opinion. Not everyone has to like what Jeff likes, I guess. (laughs) But he does have a point about the music. While I found it charming, I'm sure there's some who might find it irritating. You see, it's all played on a zither by Anton Karas. It's one more thing that makes this film a bit different from anything you've seen before. A zither is a stringed instrument that has a very unusual sound. There was a Time magazine article from November 28, 1949 that talked about it. It said, The picture demanded music appropriate to World War II Vienna, but director Reed made up his mind to avoid smaltzy, heavy-orchestrated waltzes. In Vienna, one night, Reed listened to a wine garden zitherist named Anton Karas. was fascinated by the jangling melancholy of his music. Later, Reed summoned thick-spectacled, 34-year-old Anton Karas to London. kept him plucking away at his tunes for six weeks while Reed recorded a soundtrack. When the film was released two months ago in England, Karas' music caused as much furor as Reed's directing, Graham Greene's lickety-split script, or the acting of the all-star cast, Joseph Cotton, Valet, Orson Welles, Trevor Howard. watch the new Beatles documentary Get Back on Disney which is very cool by the way in the first part you see John Lennon playing the Harry Lime theme from the film and if you're like me that tune will get stuck in your head now about the narration at the beginning I always assumed it was Trevor Howard but apparently it was done by Reed himself I never knew the old Vienna before the war with its Strauss music its glamour and easy charm Constantinople suited me better I really got to know it in the classic period of the black market. We'd run anything if people wanted it enough and had the money to pay. Of course, a situation like that does tempt amateurs, but, well, they, you know, they can't stay the course like a professional. When the film was released in the U.S., Reed's voice was replaced by Joseph Cotton because Selznick did not think that American audiences would relate to the seedy tone of the original. He also changed some of the wording and cut out 11 minutes from the film. Luckily, the version we see today is the original version, with the original narration and the 11 minutes put back. When it was released, it had mostly positive reviews. One review said, "'The Third Man is a splendid example of why the British excel at the master melodrama. Its stars are U.S.-made, Joseph Cotton, Valet, Orson Welles, and its location is post-war Vienna. But the mood and the characters have a fine English quality of restraint.' Credit goes to Carol Reed, best of the English directors. The score, played on a single zither, is much more effective than the usual background by 40 musicians. And another paper said The Third Man sensation. Carol Reed's superb new thriller, The Third Man, starring Joseph Cotton, Valet Orson Welles, and Trevor Howard, is proving the box office sensation of Broadway by amassing $51,000 for its first week at Victoria Theatre, the management announced. The film, which was produced and directed by Carol Reed, based on a script by Graham Greene from his own novel, was unanimously praised by all critics of the Metropolitan Press and is already being heralded as the Outstanding picture of 1950. When Orson Welles was asked how the film was received, he answered like this... And I wish I could do a decent Orson Welles impersonation, but I can't, so... In Europe, the picture was a hundred times bigger than it was here. It was the biggest hit since the war. It corresponded to something the Europeans could understand in a way that Americans didn't. The Europeans had been through hell. The war, the cynicism, the black market, all that. Harry Lime represented their past, in a way, the dark side of them. Yet attractive, you know. You cannot imagine what it was, a kind of mania... When I came into a restaurant, the people went crazy. At the hotel I was staying in, the police had to come and quiet fans. It was my one moment of being a superstar. Too traffic-stopping superstar. The best part ever written for an actor. Had I not been trying to finish Othello, I could have made a career out of that picture. Orson Welles did capitalize on the third man a bit. He starred in a radio show about the early days of his character, Harry Lyme. And Now, here I am in Paris, in Maxine's. I'll spare you all the sordid details. What matters now is that my dinner companion is a a vendeuse at a couturier's, which means her profession is helping Jacques sell all those dresses of his. She is Polish. I'm enjoying myself, you know. I didn't think I would. Go uh... ahead, go ahead, enjoy yourself all you want to. I'm on an expense account. Do you mind if I ask you a rather personal question, uh, No, I don't think so. I'd like you to tell me something about the criminal underworld of Warsaw. For a couple of years, Mr. Lime, and only because my family needed the money very much. I was attached to the Water police. police? I think I was helpful. (laughs) If you want to see why some films just should never be colorized, should stay black and white, watch this movie. Coloring this film would just destroy it because it's shot so beautifully. Now, if I were to group films into buckets, and one of those buckets was labeled a perfect film... Films that I could watch over and over again, The Third Man would definitely be there. But I'd like to know what you think. Send me your thoughts on The Third Man. Is Mr. Martins engaged on a new book? Yes. It's a murder story. It's based on fact. It's called The Third Man. Thank you for listening to me talk for quite a while about one of my favorite films. If I keep my schedule going, I'll be doing that on the second Friday of each month. But next week, since it's the third Friday of the month, I'll be talking about a film recommended by a listener. And that film for next week is the 1976 Australian film Oz. Or for us in the U.S., it was titled 20th Century Oz. It's an unusual film that's a 70s Australian take on The Wizard of Oz that features rock and roll. The film was recommended by Russell Devlin, a longtime listener of my old podcast, Coffee with Jeff. Hey Russell, if you're listening, feel free to send me any information about this film or I'll just have to trust Wikipedia or make it up or something, I don't know. Remember, if you got a film that you think I need to see... Something strange and unusual, let me know. If you want to send me a message, you can email me at coffeewithjeff at gmail.com. Coffee with Jeff is all one word. I have a Coffee with Jeff Facebook page, a Coffee with Jeff Twitter page, and a Coffee with Jeff website. One of these days, I'll have all those things for celluloid days, but I just uh, haven't got around to it, so I hope you can understand for now you can reach me at any of those places hey i want you to take care of yourself i want you to remain healthy and join me here next week for a look at eyes